You wade out into the water and allow yourself to sink under the surface completely for a few seconds before coming back up. Total immersion. Total saturation. New birth. New life. Purification. Jews, Hindus, Christians and Muslims all practice versions of the same ritual. Baptism. What is it? What does it mean? And what are its biblical origins? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Hey, how you doing? I'm here with Pastor Wayne Boehm. Wayne, you're fast becoming uh, Signs of the Times Radio's resident chaplain, I think. When when we have a, a biblical question to ask, we, we come to you. So yeah, thanks for being on the program again. That's right. I must be the closest in the building, am I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're, you're awfully convenient being, yeah. being in, in the same building as Signs of the Times magazine is produced. So, And I'd like to talk a little bit about your, your work later in the program, because sure. I think it really relates really well to what we're talking about today, yeah. which is baptism. In the August edition of Signs of the Times, uh, we have an article written by Melissa Howell called Taking the Plunge, in which she starts by recounting a recent visit she had just earlier this year to the River Jordan, which I think is the the border between the nations of Israel and Jordan. Is that you've been there, haven't you, Wayne? Just there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? And uh, fascinating experiences. You look through, you, we drove down in the, the big coach, wide open expanse, of, of area and nothing green mm-hmm. you know it's just just barren place desert yeah desert and we we came down and and there's you know the river jordan mm-hmm. you know some some bulrushes there growing on the the banks and lots of people in there swimming oh okay or wanting they've got their special robes on and, and many were still uh, were going down to the waters to be baptized hmm. so you know i guess as you you come down and you see all those the buses parked down there and people streaming out and it gives you the ability to visualize mm. the Old Testament, some of the stories, but then also the New Testament, the stories there of Jesus that the Gospels recount of his baptism. Mm-hmm. So um, is, is it the actual site, Wayne? How do we know? Because all over yeah. the, the Holy Land, there are sites, oh, this is the site of, you know, uh, this and this is the site of that, but really. Exactly. And, and that's one of the issues. I mean, they, I guess they've, they've brought it down to what they think of, of that particular area. And it wasn't that far away that the children of Israel also crossed hmm. uh, when they came into the promised land. But, you know, as we used to say on the, the bus tour, uh, we, um, come on boys, get your cameras out. We're going to take some more pictures of rocks. And, and there's, you know, just a, a lot of places. This is where we believed hmm. this took place. We were on the shores of Galilee and there was a cave there just set into the side of the mountain. And, hmm. and our tour guide said, this is where we believe Jesus slept. Hmm. You know, nice story. Mm-hmm. Do we know with 100% accuracy? No, we don't. This is just where the, the traditional sites um, are believed to have, have taken place. Hmm. And I guess when you look at some of the early church leaders, you know, third, fourth, fifth century hmm. leaders, um, they seem to have indicated this is where it took place and then tradition carries on, this was the place mm, Okay, from generation so, to so generation. So if you go back and back in the history books, you can see some of those early church commentators or historians saying, look, people are baptized at this particular site in the Jordan because they believe this is where Jesus was baptized. And that goes back to, like you say, some yeah. of the early centuries. So yeah. it's a reasonable sort of guess. Yes, even at if best. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Okay. Back to the the Jordan River. I mean, I, I mentioned you know Naaman 
yeah. what, being healed of leprosy yeah. in, in that river. You mentioned the children of Israel crossing, you know, they yeah. came out of slavery in Egypt. They crossed the Jordan River. Miraculously, the waters parted, at, at, similar to Correct. what happened at the Red Sea. Yeah. And then we have Jesus being baptized in, in the Jordan. So as we read the Bible, it seems like the River Jordan pops up at a number of crucial junctures and really represents, I don't know, some sort of important change. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, certainly when you look at the, the life of slavery that the, Egypt, uh, the Israelites had lived in Egypt, mm. in bondage, under the rule of the Egyptians, mm-hmm. God brings them out in a miraculous way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're looking at, I guess, Exodus 14, Exodus 15, we see that transformation now starting to take place in the lives of the Israelites. Mm. They came out, they were at a place that they in themselves could not save themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were surrounded by, by soldiers, by water, by mountains, mm-hmm. and it was only through the Lord's intervention that they were rescued. Mm. C- crossing the Red Sea. Crossing the Red Sea. Yeah. Then you get into... 40 years later, mm-hmm. they'd wandered around in the wilderness and they come to that point of crossing the Jordan, then into the new land. So this is that time of new beginnings again that's, mm-hmm. that's about to take place. And so I guess as you're looking at the, that story and you're looking at baptism and, and how the Jordan featured, Jesus began his ministry at this point as well. Mm. You know, this, this new beginning that was about to take place, he's being baptized and I guess then when you then come down through the ages as well, when you're looking at the significance and meaning of baptism, mm. you've got the that aspect of baptism representing that new beginning. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So so in some sense, so the Israelites came from slavery into freedom, sort of symbolically yeah. through the Jordan, and baptism symbolizes that. Yeah. N- yeah. Naaman was healed of his leprosy, so baptism can also be seen as a, as a form of healing and a new life. And then also um, there's the story of, I think, two prophets, Elijah and Elisha, who crossed the was that the Jordan or another? Oh, I can't remember now. But, um, you know, that they crossed that Jordan and it's, yeah, um, be, between when um, when Elijah passed his mantle to Elisha, they crossed the river there and then Elijah was taken to heaven and then on the way back, Elisha crossed the river as well with the, with the cloak. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it just seems to be a, a symbol of some special blessing yeah. or, or, or some special place yeah. and it's a symbol that, that comes up again and again. And I guess, you know, maybe that's a bit symbolic or a bit metaphorical, but look, I I've You're right. It up. just continued to feature mm. in the history of, of Scripture. Mm. And that then we can, I think, draw many parallels mm-hmm. with regards to, you know, it's how it did feature mm. and then its significance for its spiritual significance mm. of what it represented then impacts us today. Mm-hmm. So n- not only is the site of Jesus' baptism probably one of the probably the only sites really that we know of where an ancient person was baptized, but the Bible is also quite specific in telling us the story of Jesus' baptism, perhaps in a way that it doesn't tell about anyone else's baptism. Well, what the, what does the Bible tell us about Jesus' baptism? What, what happened? Yeah, we, we get a glimpse in, in the Gospels of, of Jesus' baptism. We go, to, I guess, to a couple of different stories on it. Actually, go, let me go to Mark's, Mark's account of it in mm-hmm. um, Mark chapter 1. And um, we get a glimpse by what this um, is talking about here. If you've got your Bibles there and you're um, following along, yep. follow along with us. It's on the internet, people. Just, just Google. Just Google what, it. What, what is it, Mark? What? So Mark chapter 1, verse 9. Okay, starting. so Mark 1, colon 9, and you, you'll find it. So it says, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth the Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. 
mm-hmm. verse 10, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit of God descending upon him like a dove. Then the voice came out from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So a couple of things there that I guess we get a glimpse of. Mm. One, as we were standing on the, the shores there of the Jordan, you just try and picture that scene. Mm. You know, the of, and, and John gives us another glimpse here of, of him beholding Jesus coming towards him and, yes. and crying out, you know, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of yeah, the world. Yeah. So you've got all of these these stories and, uh, you know, on the shores there of the Jordan, you, you get a glimpse of, tempted trying to glimpse of what, yeah. you know, was taking place. Mm. But it's interesting in verse 10 where it says, immediately coming up from the water. So it gives us a glimpse. This wasn't a... Um, you know, a splash of water, mm. this was a, a full covering. And, and that's the Greek word baptizo mm. means this this full immersion mm-hmm. in in water. So so from, from your top to the toe, your, your head goes under. Yep. Um, you come up with, with wet hair, wet clothes, wet, completely drenched, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yep. That's that's the the glimpse that we we have here. You have glimpses elsewhere. The the Gospel of John talks about now. John was baptizing. John three verse twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, he was baptizing in this area, and the Bible makes it very clear again. He baptized there because there was plenty of water. Mm-hmm. So again, we we get that glimpse. It's not just a small trickle or a stream that was going past mm-hmm. that they you know dipped their toes in or you know splashed a bit around. Yeah, he was baptizing there because there was plenty of water. Okay, and and this is, I guess, for the times, not a particularly surprising thing because Jewish people for many centuries have have practiced ritual bathing. Um, yeah. In a, I think a, a mikvah is the word they have for the the small pool or the large spa. I guess yeah. you know that they have in their house. They see them in Jerusalem. They they dig them up. These mikvahs where you need to ritually purify yourself. You know at certain times or you know after or before certain things. And I believe Muslims also continue to practice a similar thing where they completely submerge themselves sometimes in order to achieve, you know, proper um, ritual purity before they're able to pray, for example. Yeah. So this is a an idea that is still there in, in the Middle East. So it's probably not really surprising that that's the way, you know, John the Baptist, being a Jew, baptized Jesus, who was also a Jew yeah. in, you know, in a Judea in front of a Jewish crowd. It was interesting. We, we took a, a trip to the um, Dead Sea community at Qumran, mm-hmm. and you climb up into somewhat of a, a, I guess a little bit of a hill again, rugged and barren, mm. but you're looking out then onto the the, the hills surrounding the, the Dead Sea this time. Mm-hmm. And it's in this area that, you know, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, but as you're walking through this, this the the old ancient Essene community, there were mm. the ritual so there, there, there are pools there. Oh, really? So yeah. there, there are ruins of houses and other buildings there. Yeah. And some of them have little ritual bathing pools yeah. in them. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Which is tough. I mean, in that part of the desert, you know, when fresh water would have been very hard to get hold of, yeah. to to set up these little ritual bathing areas and to fill them with water, that's a big deal. That would have taken a lot of work, which sort, sort of suggests that it was really important to these yeah. guys yeah. to do that. Well, okay. that 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 is fascinating. So... I guess the obvious question is, well, if you go to, you know, a lot of churches today, you go to a Catholic church, an Anglican church, a um, a Lutheran church, when they practice baptism, they don't Mm. do a full immersion in a a bath or a mikvah or a baptismal font. They often sprinkle or pour over the head and that's sort of 
considered enough. Yeah. Um, is that a, a biblical idea? From what we find from scripture, baptism came, was done through total immersion. Mm-hmm. And that was the meaning of that, that word baptizo. Mm. The sprinkling seems to have merged later mm-hmm. around that, that 13th century mm-hmm. where the, the priests, according to their, you know, were wearing rich, ornate robes at this particular point. Mm-hmm. So it was inconvenient for them to get into a font or for mm-hmm. them themselves to get wet. And so it seems that the more convenient thing to do was... Yeah. Do the, the uh, sprinkling. So, we, oh, we don't find that in Scripture. It's, this is the full immersion mm, that we're, we're mm. finding in Scripture. And, and whether it was Jesus, whether it was John, Jesus was baptized or John that was baptizing, whether it was Paul, whether it was the in relation to the um, Stephen in Acts chapter 8, mm. again, baptizing the, the eunuch, this was... Philip, that was Philip. Oh, Philip, sorry. Yeah. Um, this was... An immersion, because again, in, in Acts chapter 8, it talks about you know, them going down and then coming up out of the water. So mm. again, that's the biblical model that we have. Okay. So, um, so, basi- so basically, there's really no biblical evidence for, for sprinkling or pouring a, a, over the head as a biblical practice correct, of, of baptism. Correct. Okay, yeah. well, that, that's really fascinating. And well, I guess for, just following on that from yeah. that one, the, it, it's adult baptism where adults have that, that say mm. in choosing this is the way that I'm going to to go. This yeah. is, it's the Lord I'm going to serve. Whereas ba- babies, obviously, you know, can't make that, yeah, well, that I, decision. I was just about to ask you about that because obviously, again, in a lot of churches, it's babies who are baptized. Yeah. I and mean, I've been invited to, you know, come with friends, you know, to a church for a, a baptism and it's their, their baby's baptism. Yeah. Is, I mean, you know, Jesus went to the temple when he was a baby and, and was dedicated. Um, you know, Samuel was dedicated to the Lord. Mm. Um, is infant, you know, baby baptism, is that a, a biblical idea? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, like we, the, the Greek Orthodox, for example, yeah. they continue baptizing by immersion. And if you go on YouTube and you look up Greek Orthodox baptism, you can see a lot of fairly um, hair-raising videos of, of babies being dipped completely under the water, you know, a number of times, I guess, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit yeah. or, or, or whatever. So that's by immersion, but it's babies. Yeah. I've seen some of those, those videos and, uh, oh boy. I guess, again, when you're looking at um, um, Jesus being dedicated, that was in accordance with the, the Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. On the eighth day, they were taken to the temple and, and circumcised. Mm. So we get the the dedication service that Jesus himself experienced and baptism are two separate events, okay. two, two separate services. You know, for babies, it's parents bringing their, their child to the temple or, you know, in fact, that happens still in the, in the church today, mm-hmm. bringing their, their child, presenting the child as was Samuel, presented before the Lord and and asking the, the church to pray for this child and for them as parents, mm. recognizing that the gift of the child was, was is a gift from God. Mm. And so acknowledging God as the one who gives life and uh, to mold and shape this young life moving forward. Mm. So... You know, that was the dedication service, whereas mm. believer baptism is really the, the adult choosing to say, I will serve the Lord. And that's what the article picks up on, on those sort of thoughts. Yeah, okay. I, I guess I, I do find it understandable, though, that people might choose to, you know, want to baptize their babies as young as possible. I mean, particularly if you think about, you know, past centuries or even now in a lot of countries, a lot of babies and children die very young. Mm. And I imagine there will be concern from some Christian parents, well, what happens if my child um, dies before they've been, you know, properly baptized? How can I be sure, you know, that I'm going to see them in heaven again? I mean, I imagine there might be some people who would look at, you know, someone like you, Wayne, who's who, who's saying, 
that no, I don't think my children should be baptized until they're old enough to understand. And they would say, mm. but what if they die younger? Are they, you know, is their salvation not, not assured? H- how do you answer that? Yeah. I guess baptism gives an indication of, or is a response to what the Lord is has done in my life mm-hmm. and me choosing to say, right, I'm going to serve the Lord mm. moving forward. Being baptized doesn't mean that you are saved. Okay. It is, it is a symbol yeah, because I think there's there's many people that would that could be baptized one day and still continue to live the same life the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, baptism there, there has to be that change. So it's so it's a symbol of that change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so I guess the opposite thinking is I guess magical sort of thinking where you think well if I'm baptized you know by whatever mode yeah. this has some sort of magic power to um, take me over the line from heaven bound to hell bound so yeah. or, sorry, yeah. other way around. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's where I guess it's looking at, you know, the whole concept of, of baptism and its symbol of this this new life in Christ. This mm. new life that I'm I'm choosing today mm. to to live in. And baptism is that public expression of that inner commitment that I'm going to serve the Lord. Mm. So uh, are you denying then the idea that that babies are born basically bound for hell unless something's done about it? Yeah, look, it's a good question. I think probably many people would wonder that. We're all born with a sinful nature. Yeah. You know, babies, you know, I'm born with from my parents who were sinful. They were yeah, born yeah. from their parents who were sinful. Yeah, it's genetic. It's, it's genetic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with that in mind, we are all in need of, mm. of salvation. We're all in need of Jesus' death, mm-hmm. burial, and, and re- resurrection. So it doesn't matter whether it's a child or adult, we're all in need of, of that gift mm. of salvation. And I guess that's where adult baptism recognizes that. Mm. How does that go for a child? I guess it's looking at, um, you know, from, from Proverbs, train a child in the way he or she should go. And when mm-hmm. they're old, they will not depart from it. So I guess it's giving that glimpse. Our role as adults is mm. to continue to, to teach our children mm. about God about who he is, about his plan of salvation, his plan of redemption. Yeah. I, I guess um, when I think about that issue, I think about a, a couple of verses in the Bible. One where, where Jesus said, from the one who to whom much has been given, much will be expected. Yeah. So basically saying, listen, the, the more knowledge you have, the more opportunities you have, the more privileges you have in terms of knowing about God, well, mm. the more God will expect you to do, to do the right thing with that. But he says the, the person who doesn't, really know is, you know, receives less of a consequence. And I think the Apostle Paul says something different. He says, look, there are people out there who have never read the Bible. They don't understand what's written there. They don't understand the laws written there. They're people living without the law, but they do have in their heart and in their conscience, yeah. They ha- their conscience sort of, it condemns them sometimes, it encourages them another time. And, and it seems like what Paul is saying and what Jesus is saying as well is that we are judged by what we know. Um, we, we judge, you know, it, we, a choice is placed in front of us. We are taught right and wrong to a certain extent. And, you know, depending on what we choose or where our heart is, that seems to matter a, a lot to God. And I guess I think, well, for a baby, they're not actually at a position yet where they're really able to make that choice or they're able to understand. Um, so for me, I, I guess I do have trouble with that idea that, you know, unless your baby is, is baptized, it's going to hell. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't really see that in, in the Bible. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's important to see that because otherwise you're left in that position of, well, I should get my baby baptized early. You, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, look, it's it's interesting, isn't it? And it's all difficult because it's about stuff that we can't really see. We don't really know the full consequences of, but the Bible does, you know, give us a, a lot of insights and a, a lot of hints into um, into understanding it. I guess that's where when you look at, um, you know, the teachings of, of um, Peter, you know, God is not wanting any to perish, mm-hmm. but all to, to come to repentance. Mm. And when you look at how the Lord will work that out, mm-hmm. yeah, it's best we leave that you know, to him. Yeah, judge not that you'd yeah. not be judged, as Jesus because, said. Because, yeah. you know, how how will God distinguish those sort of things for, for children? I don't know. Mm. Um, and I don't think the Bible gives us a clear understanding of that either. Mm, mm. But at the end of the day, I need to recognize that God is God and he, mm. he knows how he will deal with those things. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, fascinating. So a verse I'd be interested to reflect on is when Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about baptism and he he says it's sort of like death in some ways. It's He says, you know, Jesus died and was resurrected, and when you're baptized, it's kind of like that. Do you, do you know the, the verse I'm talking yeah, about? So coming back through to, to Romans chapter 6, yeah, um, he makes a, a very clear statement there on, on baptism. So if, again, if you've got your Bibles there, Romans 6 verse 3 mm-hmm. says, Or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Mm. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. And so I guess if we go back to our earlier thoughts with the children of Israel crossing the Jordan, Mm. you know, leaving that period of slavery once and for all Mm. behind them and entering into that new life. And so we get that glimpse here of, of entering that that newness of life, um, the old ways are dead and then buried, mm-hmm. and we are raised to that that newness of life. Mm. So I guess that's that symbolism with when we think of baptism by immersion, total covering of that water, mm-hmm. gives us that that same connection of of being in the water, going fully under the water, burial. Mm. And then coming up to that that newness of life. Wow! And 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 like you said, your your sins are buried with you, and and they're gone. So yeah. that that's the forgiveness aspect of it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he goes on to talk about in here uh, in verse five: For if we have been united together in His likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be united in the likeness of His resurrection. Mm. Knowing that our old man, our old woman, was crucified with Him, that the body of sin against uh, the body of sin might be done away with that we could no longer be slaves of sin. Wow. So this, this newness of life, which, mm. which we are raised um, to, we're no longer slaves to that old life. So in, in some sense, when, when you're, you're baptized, um, you, you fully surrender yourself to God, you say, God, I give my, my life to you, I give my old life to you especially, and I want to start a new life. Yeah. That new life that, that begins when you come up from baptism is in a sense eternal life, isn't it? You know, Jesus was re- resurrected to, to reign forever. Yeah. And when we are, when we are come up from those waters of baptism, it's, it's like eternal life has started for us right then. It doesn't mean that we're immediately immortal. We may still, you know, sleep in the grave for a while, but for us who have been baptized, eternity starts at, at that moment. Is, is that a, a crazy idea or is that consistent with what the Bible says? It's, it's consistent here because it, it um, goes on to say in, um, in verse 9 and 10, death no longer has dominion. Mm. And so it's this, that old life that I, I lived, those, those choices which I, I made largely 
probably focused on self. Mm-hmm. I'm now, because of what God has has done in me, I'm now choosing to surrender and say, all right, I'm no, no longer going to live like that. I'm no, no longer going to, to live a selfish life because that, that selfishness has been replaced with something far greater mm. in as I recognize the love that God has for me. So I start choosing different things. Mm. So it's not like me um, suggesting or, or, or saying that, all right, with determination today, I'm going to live an unselfish life because mm-hmm. I think we're still... Our, our natural carnal hearts and minds still bend towards that We still that struggle way. with it. And I think it's really interesting. The Apostle Paul says, I die daily, yeah. which suggests that that surrender he first made at his baptism, he needs to continue to make day after day, day after day, day after day. And, and bit by bit, bit by bit, we, you know, he sees himself slowly growing into, into the likeness of Christ to become, you know, more like Jesus, yeah. which is you know, an, an incredible thing to be. And I think Romans 7 just picks up on that same thought because he says, you know, the very things that I want to do are the very things that I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do are the very things that I do. Mm. So, you know, that understanding, hey, I need to die daily is something that mm. even, you know, for the baptized Christian or those that are, are wanting to be baptized, mm-hmm. it's not a miraculous cure in a sense. Yeah. This is something, there are struggles and it's it's us surrendering and submission to God, saying, Lord, I want to live the life that you have planned for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think it, the scripture is clear that we're raised this, this newness of life, um, which is exciting. Um, verse 11 says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So uh, verse 12, therefore, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey its lusts. Don't present yourself as members and instruments of unrighteousness but present yourself as instruments of righteousness righteousness to God for sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Mm. So, you know, some beautiful thoughts there that, that represent that the act of baptism mm. symbolizing something special that God is, has, has done in my life and is going to do in the future in my mm. life. Wow. A new life, a new start. That's, that's really exciting, Wayne. Now, you direct the, the Discovery Center. What are you calling it these days? The Discovery Center, the Discovery Bible School? I'm, I'm never quite sure. Traditionally, we've been called the um, Discovery Bible School. Okay. All right. Also known as the Hope Discover Bible School. Mm. So you have a number of like, studies that people, courses or, or, you know, training sort of experiences yeah. that people can go through to learn more about what the Bible says about a whole lot of things, as yeah. well as improving their health, improving their relationships, et cetera, et cetera. If um, we have a, a listener out there who's thinking, you know what, this baptism stuff sounds, you know, really interesting. I, I feel a sense of, you know, God speaking to my heart and pulling me in that direction, but I'm not sure I really know what I'd be getting into. Do you have a course that would help someone understand what it means to to live a life with Jesus, to hand your life over to God, and and what all that means? You know, to the point where they might feel, yeah, I understand now. I think maybe I am ready to get baptized. Yeah. We've got two courses that come to mind, and and I guess on that one, Ken, in total there are sixteen courses up there on a variety of topics, from from health to family relationships. Great, um, and you one on forgiveness. But the two that come to mind that you're talking about. One is called um, Try Jesus, mm-hmm. follows through different teachings of, of Jesus. And the other one is Light of the World, mm-hmm. which follows through the, the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are 20 uh, guidebooks that, that come in those series. So if people want to, to do that, they can contact us at info at hopechannel.com. 
Okay. And info uh, at hopechannel.com. That's uh, that's an email address. That's an email address. So they can send us an email saying, I heard listening to the Signs uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd like to uh, start up the course on Light of the World or Try Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we'll send them out. They're free of charge. No, it's just a service okay. that we offer. Yep. So that, so this this is snail mail, these courses. That these ones aren't available online because some of them are available. Some online. are online. And for those that are online, they can go to hopechannel.com forward slash learn, and mm-hmm. you'll find a whole range of courses online. Mm-hmm. But those two currently aren't online. So it's okay. the old snail mail, paper and pen method for those ones. All right, cool. All right, so Jesus Light of the World and Try Jesus, yeah. which you can get if you email info at, at hopechannel.com. What he said. Thanks very much, Wayne. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for explaining more about our baptism to us and helping us to understand that better. Thanks, Ken. Good to be here again. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast. 